Welcome to the Chat With Your Kids podcast. I'm Marcy. And I'm Alex. And we're here to help you tackle the biggest topics through little chats with the kids in your life. Welcome to this week's episode of Chat With Your Kids. Chat with your kids about politics. Um, Before we jump in, we will give you a little update. Um, I guess this is kind of big. We actually just barely booked our tickets to fly back to Miami for Alex's commencement, which is super exciting. I'm very proud of him. And we're excited that we're kind of nearing the end of his PhD. And it'll be fun to go back to really what still feels like home. Miami. Yeah, Yeah. See people that we love and get to celebrate something that like really our whole family has invested the last (laughs) Five years of our lives too. Blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. yeah, it's been quite a journey. So we're really excited about that. Um, yeah, if you're one of our Miami friends, we're excited to come see you. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had a good weekend. We went on like a horse-drawn mm. sleigh ride to see some elk, which was fun. Yeah. Well, we learned that where we live, uh, during the winter, the elk come like kind of naturally migrate down here for food, but there's not very much space for them in the Valley anymore. So um, they use this kind of like natural migration place to feed the elk and let them stay there for, to keep them out of. So they're not in our backyard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it was cool. Our kids loved it. Like they were just, we were just surrounded by elk and kind of up close. It was pretty fun. So we had a good weekend and we went on a date. And we that did. was life-giving. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. So we probably don't do that as much as we should. But as much as we'd like to. As much as we'd like to, yeah. But we went skiing and my parents stayed with our kids and it was just so fun. We we had a good time. It felt like we were in our 20s again. <laughs> it was fun. Okay. Except for the aches and pains now. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. It didn't feel like we were in our 20s again in that respect. Well, if you heard the topic and maybe cringed a little, um, you're not alone, right? Let's let's dive in. Let's I'm talk. right there with you. Yeah, let's talk about politics. And I think it's funny as we were talking about this episode. I, yeah, I think me and Alex have very different experiences or preferences towards talking about politics. So it's good. I hopefully between us, we can capture most people's feelings. Mm-hmm towards this topic i personally kind of like talking about politics um i'm not like i don't know i don't know how it's i it's definitely a a major interest of mine i follow it yeah Yeah, you talk about politics with anybody yeah i do yeah (laughs) yeah i think i was let's see i have strong political opinions in some respects and other like a lot of things i don't have too strong opinions about i get um yeah, I think in general, I wish there was more political harmony, like just that it would be mm-hmm. easier to talk about difficult issues in us, you know, yeah, globally. But um, yeah, I prefer, really prefer to just not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I will talk about it with people. Um, but I think part of it for me is that I get, uh, I sometimes like, for a lot of things I feel like kind of eh about, like I don't have very strong opinions. And then there's a few things that I have 
strong opinions about and so i it evokes like strong feelings for yeah me and, it's hard it's hard to know. talk about politics and even like yeah i think with me i i like it but i don't like it can bring out kind of kind of the worst in people and myself included like i'm still working on it <laughs> um but it's tough it's a tough thing to talk about so let's talk about it and let's, let's talk about how to chat with our kids about politics um we definitely chose the timing of this episode and and hopefully we'll do some more follow-up episodes on similar topics because it we're in an election year and we're already starting to see the political coverage increase and these conversations are happening um and there's lots of opportunities for uh these conversations with our kids and they're only going to increase throughout the year um and so we wanted to catch you know, this episode early in the year to hopefully get you thinking about it and get you prepared because I think we're only, yeah, going to see more and more opportunities for that. Um, so yeah, let's dive in with some reflection questions. Let's do it. So (laughs) the first question is, where do you feel safe talking about politics and why? And I kind of snickered as I, (laughs) as I asked that question, because I think, um, I don't know, maybe for a lot of us or a a good amount of us, we feel safe talking about politics with nobody or with close group of people who we know share our similar opinions or something like that, Um, which I think, and maybe it's not, you know, maybe you feel, maybe, I don't know, like I know you said that you don't always love talking about politics, but I know that you're willing to, like, I don't know how exactly how safe you feel when you're engaging in yeah political conversations but you do yeah and I and I think it's a skill like I am really trying to work on of like listening and understanding both perspectives and like but even that like we have some really really close friends and there's one political topic that I knew we had a friend who had the opposite opinion than me and I'm like hey this is somebody I love and I like we asked I was like hey can we like talk about this together And in a lot of ways, it was a really good experience, but I think we both, like, it was actually kind of painful and frustrating for both of us at the same time. And this is somebody who I love and I trust and I care about. And I, which is why we had, which is why we felt comfortable saying, Hey, like, can we practice this? Like, you know, it's, it's hard to talk to people who have different opinions and I want to listen and I want to understand. And there were times when I found myself trying to like convince or like, you know what I mean? And I had to take a step back and say like, wait, that's not why we decided to have this conversation. Um, and yeah, that was like in the context of somebody who I totally feel safe and comfortable with. And it still brought up like a lot of these feelings or, you know, it got a little dicey, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess like reflecting on this question just can kind of key us into where, you know, if, for example, we don't feel safe talking about politics with anybody and we're also not talking about politics with anybody there might be some things to look inward and say like, okay, you know, am I, what do I need to do to have this conversation with my kids? Cause if I don't feel safe talking about it anywhere, it's probably going to be hard to start talking about it with your kids. Yeah. Um, Likewise, if, you know, we feel really inclined, really safe to talk politics with people that share very similar views, but it's very hard to talk about politics with people who share different views. We might just 
as a safe practice for teaching our kids or chatting with our kids, we might wonder like, am I going to like, am I going to allow the kind of openness that'll let my kids explore their own political views? Or am I going to want to teach them like, this is the right way and the only way, you Mm -hmm. know? What I think like a follow-up question to that reflection question is like, how would I feel if like, you know, pick the, this topic or policy that you're like really passionate about. And like, how would I feel if my child had the opposite opinion or view and like almost just do that thought exercise of like, what would that look like? How would I navigate that? What would the conversations look like? Um, At some point they probably will. At some point in their lives, they'll probably in one way or another have a different view. Yeah. Whether it's (laughs) politics or something else, like I think it's good to think about (laughs) like, Mm -hmm not if but when my child has a differing opinion and and just kind of yeah how do I what do I want that to look like how do I want to prioritize the relationship that kind of stuff um the next question is how would you describe your political involvement and maybe how would your kids describe your political involvement so even just thinking about like yeah like kind of what is my relationship with politics um you know yeah what does that look like and it might be like you know, I vote every year and I go to the caucus meetings and I, um, you know, it could be extremely like I'm writing my representatives or it could be like, like, that's not something that is a huge part of my life or whatever, but just kind of taking a step back because politics affect our lives, but like, what is your involvement? And then just even like, what has your kids seen from you and what has been modeled and what might, if you like kind of take a step back, what might they say or how would maybe they answer that based on what they've seen? Um, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, just another question, I guess, related is what is your child's current experience with politics? And I guess it's related in that um, it's not just what they've observed us seeing, but maybe the ways that we've included them if they're younger or the ways that they've taken a more active role if they're a little older. Like I know that you have all like, this isn't a new passion for you. This is something that you've always been, interested in like being politically involved civic engagement stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah I mean even From since childhood. I was a kid yeah like I remember um well I did like Utah girl state <laughs> when I was in high school and you we like um like really recreated like it was like a week-long camp and we recreated like a mock government and you ran for positions and we learned about policy and like the structure of the government and that was like yeah, I mean, honestly, it was a pretty life-changing experience for me, and I got really into it. And um, yeah, I think, you know, it's been something that has been part of my life since I was younger to different degrees. Um, but then, yeah, that's not the case for every kid. I think, and I think this is super interesting, And I and I think about this, like what impact or how this would have changed my experience with politics when I was a kid. Um social media has definitely Mm -hmm. like yeah I feel like like increasingly politicized youth in some ways like there's just like more aware of like issues generally yeah yeah like going on in the world yeah because like this like we I think a lot of people their new source of news is social media for better or for worse we're gonna I think maybe not your best source right but like not a lot of kids are like gonna pick up a newspaper but I mean, or even know what they are. Or yeah, our that's son true. yesterday, <laughs> our son said, "Dad, what's a newspaper?" 
That is cute. Yeah. Like a relic of the sensor. <laughs> yeah, right. But like um a lot of people's source is like social media. So kids are getting yeah, exposed to news and that it's really interesting. In some ways it's good. They're like more aware of topics and current events and in some ways it's bad because they're not always like reliable sources and there's less, I guess control or well, oversight. So- social media algorithms you can get in an echo chamber pretty quick where yeah. like if you are paying attention to certain kinds of media you're going to be seeing it more often and so pretty soon you're just hearing the same mm-hmm. voice the world is about, one way right and things get yeah. issues can get polarized pretty pretty easily even like very nuanced mm-hmm. issues that anyway yeah and I think that is like I would love to do like a whole episode on like chat with your kids about like polarization or like because I think social media like it's just so big and I think that is like a whole conversation to have with your kids and even skill to teach them of like navigating like trustworthiness of sources and yeah like even just if you only talk with people who have the same opinion as you like is that just yeah like kind of exploring that a little bit so I think that's a good point um, so we kind of want to dive into some information and just like some to help you hopefully feel more confident talking to your kids about politics. And as we were preparing for this episode, I kept thinking about an experience I had in 2016. I was doing so my um, undergrad was social science teaching. And in 2016, I was teaching uh, juniors and seniors a political science class in high school. And it was, I was still pretty young and I would say like more early in my like political development at that point, but it was an election year and teaching political science (laughs) during an election year to a bunch of high schoolers was like a formative experience for sure. And not just any election year, like a really, I mean, no, they're all pretty controversial and pretty extreme, but, um, I remember like I kind of made it a point that I didn't want my students to know my like political views, like just teach everything like really neutrally. And like, I like really prided myself because they all like, it almost became a game of like, we just can't figure out where she falls. And I like was really proud of it. And now I look back and I laugh. I'm like, yeah, obviously, because I didn't know. (laughs) I was still like pretty young. I was in my like early twenties and still learning so much about the world and like just discovering my values and everything. Um, and so I think that's, I don't know. I like, it was, it was an interesting experience to like to be teaching about like the political process and voting into here. But, but one of the things that stood out to me the most was like, I felt like I was just in, in this class full of like, hearing kids parents opinions like it was just so clear like everything that I heard I just felt like oh yeah so that that was definitely a conversation that you overheard at home or like you know things like yeah it was just funny some of the topics that these like 16 year olds were like so darn passionate about that I was like I think that came from home um and so I think that's something to think about like who knows some of these families or homes they were probably talking directly to their kids about politics and I I would bet a lot of these opinions weren't directly expressed to their kids but they were definitely picked up 
Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's, I just, I'm reminded of what it, I, I can remember what it was like to be in social science classes in high school. And it felt a lot like that. Like, I think I definitely did that just kind of reflected back what I heard at home Yeah. often. And it seemed like that's kind of what was going on. Yeah. I mean, what, I don't know, a lot of teenagers don't have strong involvement. Well, I think that's like developmentally, they're still developing like this view of who they are. Right. They're developing their values. Like, and so it makes sense that some of those like strong political opinions may be a little bit borrowed, <laughs> you know? Well, not only that though, but not like fully, teen but yeah. teenagers, the, the developmental researcher Keegan um, calls it the, like calls it the ideological stage um, because teenagers like, you know, older teenagers, 16 to 18 or whatever will um, hold like very strong and yet rigid views of the world. So Mm they'll, Mm-hmm. they're just coming, like their brains are developing, their ability to understand like broader systems and contexts is, is developing at that time. And as they're coming to that understanding, they, it's that typical, we heard, overheard a conversation. They were these people were laughing about how they thought they knew everything at 17.
Um, but it feels, I know that it feels like there's a lot at stake. That's why it's hard to talk about these things, especially with people that have differing opinions. It feels like so much rides on these decisions. And in a way it really does. But when Mm -hmm. it comes down to like the, the just interpersonal, you know, like casual conversation with a friend or a family member, like what's really at stake actually in that moment, you know, like what grand issue is going to be resolved by our fighting about this thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe if whatever it is that we feel is so important, importantly true, if we could shift our thinking to like, Oh, the thing that's really at stake here is like the quality of our relationship. Mm -hmm. Like that's really the thing at stake. It's when it comes to chatting with our kids about politics, it's really about like, they're going to, they're going to, of course, like if we repeat ourselves quite a bit, they're going to know our opinions, but in terms of how to have the conversation, they're going to walk away with a much clearer idea of like how they felt. Like that's going to be the thing that sticks with them forever. It's going to, it's going to be kind of written in their bones. And, and um, so if we can give them those kind of, I don't know, better experiences, safer experiences where they have that confidence, they can have those like chats about politics with anybody mm-hmm. um, that could potentially stick with them yeah. for their life. Yeah. And like, how cool if we could raise a generation that just does this a lot better than we all currently are. <laughs> We're not very good at that right now. Right. But if we can model that and help um, there be better political discourse, I mean, think of how good that would be for politics <laughs> that we could say, Hey, Let's get these policies passed. Let's work together and not just be polarized and at each other's throats. So ultimately, I think that would be just just a real good thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is a 2019 Pew Research study that revealed that only 17% of people feel comfortable discussing politics with someone they don't know that well, Um, which makes sense, I think. Um, And... So I think that just kind of reveals like how important it is that political conversations happen in the context of trust and connection. And so it's, we really do want to develop a safe environment for our kids to talk to us about politics and what that could look like is being patient with them, uh, being patient with their questions, taking time to listen, to validate, and to really seek to understand them and where they're coming from and yeah validating their opinions and then also providing age appropriate information i think sometimes with big topics like this if maybe this is something you're passionate about we can maybe get excited and like give our kids too much information so really like we can yeah keep it safe by listening keeping it age appropriate and following their lead right you don't have to do everything all at once you know mm-hmm. Um, but along with that, and we've kind of talked about this already, um, but there is a research study that was conducted in 2017 and really like ultimately the summary of the findings was that the way we talk about politics in front of our children had greater impact than the content of what we were actually saying. So let me say that again, like the way we talk about politics in front of our kids, what they see, what we model had a greater impact on their political lives than like what we were actually saying. So the people we were endorsing or the policies that we wanted, like 
had let like that didn't stick with them. Maybe kids changed or whatever, but the way we did that. So like the combativeness, the name calling or whatever, that style is what was passed on to children. And I think that's so interesting, but yeah. also it like kind of makes sense. Right. You, I'm sure as you're listening, you, this probably evokes something for you. For me, it does. I am. Um, so I, I grew up pretty, pretty near my grandparents and my grandpa was very politically um involved I guess in like political theory like he didn't I don't I don't know what he did maybe just because I was too young like in terms of actual political engagement but he did write he wrote letters to people he wrote letters to congressmen and and women and and that kind of thing so I guess he was politically involved but he had very strong opinions and I like (laughs) So strong. I remember in uh, social science class in high school, I learned about some uh, like measure you could take to to see like where you fell on a scale between like liberalism and conservatism. And I was like, yeah, like the scale ranges from like this to this. And he's like, oh, I'd be all the way on the end. You know, he's like, I'd be 100% extreme on that side. And uh <laughs> it struck me as a as a kid I was like it it felt um like I had to be equally committed mm-hmm. but the thing is I wasn't I'm still not that mm-hmm. well even like I feel like you're not a huge fan of like broadcast news and I think like one thing we're talking about it you're like I've like I've had enough news for a lifetime <laughs> like yeah it was pretty much just like a constant stream of like <laughs> mainstream media but <laughs> yeah and so, yeah, no, I think that's like a really good example that just like how, what is modeled for our children is is so important. And we might not even be thinking about it, especially because something with politics, we're like, oh, kids don't care or like they're not interested, you know. So we might not even think about like the way we're modeling it for right. our kids. It's just I think, you know, it's like. Well, and I think like the result for me from that example yeah. is like, um I ended up like getting into like fights, like verbal arguments with mm. people about things that I don't, like, I don't even remember what they're about, honestly, mm. or like, I actually had no skin in the game. Like there wasn't anything at stake for me. I didn't care all that much, but I felt like I had to have a yeah. hard commitment. It was like a way to a belonging, right? right? Like this is part of my family culture and I, yeah, like it's a part of wanting like, to belong and yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's some maybe examples of like what it could look like, maybe some common things like that might be modeled politically in some like kind of reframes even. So for instance, like I kind of mentioned, there may be this sentiment of like, oh, this politics, this stuff is for adults, like just stay out of it. Don't be interested. Right. Um, and those kinds of conversations or that mindset, um, is modeling something, right? You know, well, one, it's like, you're sending this direct message, like, oh, I don't want to talk to you about this. This isn't, you can't understand, right? It's shutting down the communication, but instead opening it up, like, okay, like what questions do you have? Let's chat, let's talk about it. So just making sure that if we find ourselves like, oh, don't, you know, especially if our kid comes with us with a question that we're saying, okay, yeah, like, let's talk about it. What questions do you have? Um, Instead of, I think a lot of times that polarization, like all political party are idiots or evil or whatever. Instead, you know, you can say like, I have a hard time seeing things that way. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, so even like, it seems some, sometimes it's like, oh, you know, being so careful with your language, but again, like kids are listening, right? So modeling that like, oh, that's really hard for me to see things from that way. Can you help me understand? Or maybe asking that question. Yeah. And I think I just on that note of like being careful with our language, language matters a lot, but I also don't think we need to like fret excessively over like the specific wording that we used or anything for sure i think it's kind of what you're saying is like it's more about a disposition it's like it's like trying to allow ourselves to be open to the fact that we don't actually know like even if we are super politically involved the truth is none of us really know everything that's going on and there's no way that we possibly could it's just not a human reality like Mm -hmm. people that are actually making political decisions have massive teams of people summarizing tons of information for them to make decisions based on these summaries or and anyway yeah. like there's just there's no way that you can consume and understand everything that's going on and so that just like coming into it knowing that like sure I'm the parent yeah I probably I probably know more about this than my kid does but that doesn't mean I know everything or mm-hmm. not not even close to everything and so it makes I think that for me makes it easier to be open. It's like, okay, like what, what do you think about this? What do you know about this? Um, And having that attitude towards our kids that it's very possible that they've heard about things that we're not completely aware of, or they know something about it that we don't know. Or have an opinion. Or or just have a different opinion. Surprise us. Yeah. Yeah. But like that's, that doesn't have to threaten us or, you know, authority as a parent or our ability to help them or. Well, and I really like how you pointed out, like, it's more about just like the way you, the approach or the mindset, like the disposition, like, yeah, like you might be like tempted to have this, like, oh, I don't do politics. Like, but instead you can like model for your kids. Like this is like, yeah, like this is kind of overwhelming for me. But I know this is important. And so I'm going to take little steps to better be involved or, you know, like you don't have to do all the things perfectly. Right. But just like modeling for your kid and yeah, just being open about like, this is kind of new for me, or I I do feel a little overwhelmed for this, but I care and I'm going to do X, Y, or Z, you mm-hmm. know? Um, or I think sometimes I think I see this a lot too of like, which I think can be really scary for kids of like, oh, if things don't go the way that I want them to, like we're doomed. Like all hope is lost. Mm. This is a problem. Like, well, you know, and it can even be like small problem, but like, you know what I like, I think, and again, just having that more like, hey, like that disposition or like things didn't go the way that we wanted them to. This is disappointing. This is hard. I'm sad. Let you share that emotion with them. That's a big part. Let your kids see you experience emotions, but like, we're going to still stay engaged and do our part, you know, like, yeah. So just, I think being careful about, like you said, just like the framework, maybe that we're approaching things. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like being genuine. I th- I think, um, it's really important. We don't want our kids like only exposure to be like secondhand, um, whether that's, yeah, like the news in the home or overhearing us on the phone talking about politics, like especially with a year like that's going to have a heavy political coverage. It's important that we just take things like head on and we say, hey, let's help our kids be more comfortable talking about politics than we are. 
And the best way we can do that is by start talking politics with them from a young age. Um, And I think the chat with your kids model applies really well here with politics of just small conversations a little at a time. Um, So like some examples could be like using public services, like the library, right? Like even with your little kids, like you could let them know, like somebody a long time ago decided it would be a good idea that libraries existed and we voted on it and you know, like whatever level there. Like public money or yeah, like, like yeah, older kids, houses. you can kind of talk about the budget of a library or you know, whatever. So like public services, public transportation, you know, whatever. Um like class elections are a great way to mm. start having that conversation and you know, like you kind of see some of that those tactics are like, it's like small scale, lower stakes, maybe a a little bit easier way to talk about it than like something as big as like, yeah, like a A national national election. election. Yeah. Um, like family rules and norms. Trying to have a democratic way to do some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like a great way to start that conversation. Like, yeah, just bring your kid in a little bit more um to that and then of course like this year especially we're gonna see commercials on the tv depending on where you live you probably already are seeing a lot of those um political mailers and so again it's easy to just like take one of those mailers and like toss it in the trash right but instead you might say like hey let's talk about this and i mean some of those are wild like when we were living oh, in Miami, in sometimes Miami. I was like, what <laughs> is this, right? Everyone on the other side is a criminal for all these reasons. Oh, and pictures yeah. of people, like fake pictures of people behind bars. And they're like scary, actually. Some of them are like really scary. Like, yeah, they're a lot like, of Muslim. If this person wins, like, you're, like you need to move neighborhoods. Like it's just like wild. And so I think instead of maybe i think the instinct might be and again depending on the age of your kid just like toss them like that was weird. where you live because i don't know if i'm sure <laughs> kids though so yeah that's true but like if your kids are a little bit older right you can talk about that and like even just the tactic or the behind it and like mm-hmm. do you actually know anything about the candidate running or their policies or views or like you know or like hey let's go to their website and find out what their views are you know what i mean that kind of stuff like i have something I think I've talked about this book before because I love it so much. It's this it's this book from the seventies and psychology books from the seventies are wild because they basically like anyone could write anything. And anyway, but there's this researcher, Eric Erickson, he's a developmental psychologist. Um, He and his wife actually did a lot of teaching, but he wrote this book called toys and reasons. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before, but he talks about how um, basically like, all the adult activities that we do, even like really complex things like political systems seem so complicated and they are in some ways, but really deep down what it is uh, in a way is it's kind of like us role-playing. It's kind of like the same, the same kind of thing that kids do when they play is um, trying to understand like how the world works. And there's, he talks in a, in a much more eloquent way about um, all the, like he compares different developmental stages and shows like 
kind of evidences his opinion here, which I'm not giving it justice. Mm -hmm. But I think what I'm trying to say is um, there are things that in our conversations with kids about large scale politics that they can learn about how to deal with people in their own world, right? Like the mudslinging thing Mm -hmm. in politics, it's good to be aware that that's like a human inclination, right? Like people do that kind of thing and they might see it in a classroom setting oh yeah in a different kind of way but it's good to know about that yeah that like that's bad i mean it's not good for it's not good to do that to people politics everywhere yeah actually that's playground politics (laughs) a book on it i love i love being at the play it's like kind of a weird thing but i love watching like the politics of the playground i talk about it with alex all the time i'm like playground politics whenever we go to the park marcy has so much to say about the the intricacies of the oh i just love watching kids play and like work things out and like oh my goodness it is so funny and a playground is just like such like kids rule that place and there there's politics it's hilarious but you know i love that playground politics um they have social policies sometimes oh gosh yeah no it's fascinating (laughs) do yourself a favor next time you're at the playground like watch the drama just listen to some conversations from those kids it's awesome yeah no kids are so funny your kids will come home and they'll be talking about something or maybe you see something play out on the playground (laughs) and you don't necessarily have to be like yeah that's just like what's happening in our government But, but like you can talk about like yeah like maybe oh yeah that kind of sounds like this thing called mudslinging or like adults do that too can you believe that like Mm -hmm. is there a better way to work this out I love that I think that's really good yeah so there's tons of different opportunities Alex and I watch a ton of SNL lately (laughs) (laughs) like not that I think that like SNL is a great conversation I would not recommend that um (laughs) for most kids maybe not the most like age appropriate but um I don't know like those skits I feel like are everywhere and I do remember but for watching, like a teenager exactly, like... I was a teenager watching them or even in like some political I mean some SNL skits are totally fine for kids but you know I just you, you never, never know. know what you're gonna get <laughs> um but no I totally remember the political SNL skits like as a kid yeah mm-hmm. they like get circulated especially now with social media I mean everyone's saying everyone's sharing those so Lots of opportunities to start a conversation. And I guess what we're saying is like, they're everywhere. So practice beforehand or just make the decision that like, I'm going to use those opportunities to start a conversation. We're not going to shy away from it. We're going to talk about politics in our family to hopefully model it in a healthy way and help, help our kids be more comfortable with it. Um. And then kind of like one last little piece of information that I think is super interesting. Um, So there's actually like research suggests that sometimes we mistake volunteering as political involvement. So volunteering is so important. Like don't, do not, (laughs) do not make any, do not misunderstand me. (laughs) Volunteering is important. And I think it's really important part of civic engagement because in volunteering, we learn to care for our communities. We are feel more connected to our community. And we also maybe learn about like needs that policy could address, right? So volunteering is so important, but it does not always equate to mm-hmm. like civic engagement. They are kind of two different things. And so I think sometimes well-meaning parents 
think like, oh, I'm teaching my kids politics because we are volunteering and we're doing service projects and we're involved in our community, which is a form of. It's being a good citizen. Citizenship. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's so important. Yes, please do all those things for your children. <laughs> yes, that's so important. We should do a chat with your kids about volunteering and service. And like, that's so important. Um, But we also, at the same time, want to model and teach civic engagement. So what that might look like is involving them in your voting plan, like sitting down and talking about issues or letting them know who you want to vote for. And, um, you know, depending on their age, bring them to caucus meetings or conventions, have them write a representative. I think this is an experience every kid should have. I remember doing this when I was like, it was like a school assignment. <laughs> um, but I remember it to this day. I was probably like 14 or 15. I remember I wrote a representative. I had this like idea. It's probably not like, probably not a unique idea, but I was like, I think it was like something like people learning to drive should have to have like a special bumper sticker or something. Mm. And I remember writing my representative and he wrote me back, which was cool. Probably like one of his staffers did, but still very cool experience for like a 14 year old. And yeah, I remember that to this day, like the first time I wrote representative. So I think, you know, having them do something that you're passionate about is good, but more important than that, like having them, like if your kid does mention something like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I don't know, they bring up a pain point or they say something, then like, don't just like, let it pass. Be like, oh, well, you know, you can do something about that. <laughs> like, if that's something you're frustrated about, let's write a representative and have them be a part of that process. So those are just a few ideas of helping them be involved in, like, civic engagement mm -hmm. you know, before. There's so much we can do, uh, you know, even outside of just voting that kids can be involved in. Um, another one is like for little kids that we do every year is um, having them bring like treats or snacks to poll workers, like just a thank you card. So um, usually it's not, not like election days, like not or voting days, like not too long after Halloween. So we'll have our kids put some of their extra Halloween candy or we'll like buy the discounted Halloween candy, and, like put it in little bags and write a note and just say like, thank you so much. And that's really fun. It's a really easy thing to do. I like the volunteers are always so grateful and they're always so cute with our kids. And it's a really easy and nice way to start a conversation because they get to see people voting and they get to see the people, you know, the election workers volunteering. And then you can kind of talk about, yeah, voting. And, and that's something we've been doing since our kids were toddlers. So there's lots of different levels of civic engagement, depending on how old your kids. Thank you so much for joining us this week as we talk about chatting with your kids about politics. As always, if you appreciated what you heard, please share with a friend. Uh, it means the world to us that you are sharing with others. And we love getting that feedback and reach out to us on Instagram email us chat with your kids at gmail.com um and just yeah keep chatting with your kids